Okay, good morning, Shavua Tov. Today's daf is daf pay. Um, today's shoes the Ilu Nishmas Shoshana Pesa Bas Yoel. Um, and yeah, may your neshama have an aliyah and may your memory be a blessing. So we're going to go from the Mishnah on. Um, this Mishnah seems very out of place. Aim a gun in the aim a daka the Eretz Yisrael. You're not allowed to raise. A small animal in Eretz Yisrael, Ahimadaka generally refers to <coughs> sheep and goat. Aval Magadim, the Surya, Uba Midbaras of Eretz Yisrael, you're allowed to raise them in Surya and the deserts of Eretz Yisrael. Surya is uh, the land called Aram Sovet, Avid conquered it, and it's not really Eretz Yisrael. So that's, what, that's how Rashi So, firstly, just why can't you raise in Eretz Yisrael? So Rashi says, now this becomes interesting based on a teaching we're going to have later on where they apply this to Babel as well, but he says, Mishum Yishuv Eretz Yisrael, because of the importance of, uh, it doesn't matter, important, because of settling <coughs> Eretz Yisrael. So, Mishum Yishuv Eretz Yisrael, because of settling Eretz Yisrael, Shemavir Es Hasodos V'chol Sodos Eretz Yisrael, and all the fields of Eretz Yisrael are most likely Jews. So it seems there's a, if, if I'm understanding Rashi, there's a double reason. Firstly, they ruin fields, which is a problem because of Yishuv Eretz Yisrael. And in addition, they're most likely Jews' fields, which you're ruining. I mean, you could connect them as one reason and say, regarding Yishuv Eretz Yisrael, it doesn't help to have the Palestinian fields and stuff like that. That doesn't count as Yishuv Eretz Yisrael. So if they destroy them, and then Rashi obviously says, however, if they do destroy them, like in Aram Sova, where you are allowed to have raised um, small animals, um, where we're not concerned about Yishuv Eretz Yisrael, if they do cause damage, then you'd have to pay. So it's not like you let... We're not saying that it doesn't matter if they cause damage when it's a non-Jews field or when it's outside of Eretz Yisrael. Obviously, it does matter, but because it's not Yishuv Eretz Yisrael, we're not worried to say, okay, well, look, if your animal's damaged, you have to pay. Um, but we'll come back to that. You're not allowed to raise chickens in Yerushalayim because of Kodshim, and Kohanim are not allowed to raise chickens anywhere in Eretz Yisrael because of Taharos. And she claims chickens peck in uh, rubbish heaps and stuff, and they might take a tiny piece of a sheret, which can contaminate the Kodshim and the Taharos. Taharos would be Truma and things like that. You're not allowed to raise pigs anywhere. You're not allowed to raise a dog unless it's tied on a chain. Now Rash explains why not. Because firstly they're vicious. They might bite people. And secondly, even their barking uh, is very scary. So it can cause a woman to miscarry. It's interesting, how does a chain help to prevent the barking giving a pregnant woman a fright? But I think I guess it's more of a, it's like added to the fear. So if she sees the dog's chained up firmly and he's barking at her, she's not going to be as afraid as if she's, it might actually attack her. So personally, you can say it's fenced in. Yeah. So you'll have to analyze this. It's in Porosim, Nishuvim Leyoinim, Elohim Kain, Oyorochik, Minayishuv, Lamedris. You're not allowed to set up traps for doves unless you 30 ris, we say it's 4 mil, from the city, from where people are living. The reason is because most likely people have their own doves and stuff, and your traps will catch doves belonging to other people. Therefore, you can't do it so close to a settled area. Um, 
the uh, so so has this Mishnah here? We've been discussing four or five fold payment, and all of a sudden we have this Mishnah. So I mean, if anything, it should have been in one of the previous prokim where we discussed animals walking out and damaging, or Karen, you know, dog barking. Um, so one answer given was once we've had this whole parak of four or five payment, I'm trying to remember who said this, but I don't. Um, this whole parak of four or five payment, you then have this mission which says, wait, it's actually a little bit difficult. How do you ever arrive at a case when there would be the four or five payment when yeah. you might never be allowed to have those animals around? Okay, so as we see, there would be no problem with large animals. As we're going to see in the Gomorrah, it's going to bring cases where you could have small animals even. But let's see further. Ton Rabbonin in the Gomorrah. Ton Rabbonin ain't magadim mehem adaka be'eret Yisrael, apal magadim b'chorshin she be'eret Yisrael. You're not allowed to raise small animals in Eretz Yisrael, but you can raise them in the forests. Again, because there's no fields or anything that they're going to damage, so it's not undermining Yishuv Eretz Yisrael. But sorry, I feel a bit Yishuv. In Surya, even in the settled areas, and obviously we don't even have to discuss in Chutzlaret. Okay, in Surya um, is where David conquered, so it was conquered by an individual, so it doesn't have the Kedush of Eretz Yisrael, but it was land that, that was conquered by David. Tanya Yidich, another prize that says, Ein mehem Yisrael, You're not allowed to raise in Eretz Yisrael, but you can raise them in the desert in Yehuda or in the desert of Sfar However, And granted, we said you're not allowed to raise small animals, you are allowed to raise large animals. Well, that's why. They're also going to walk through people's fields and graze and undermine Yishuv and prevent Yishuv Eretz Yisrael. So the fish are engaging Zerah al Tibur Elin Kain Rob Hatibu Yachil Lamod, but we do not make a Gazera on the community unless most of the community is able to stand by it, to bear it. Bahimadaka, Echelahibi mi Chutzaret, you can easily import Bahimadaka from Chutzaret. You need uh, lamb for supper, so you uh, import it, it's not such a mission. Bahimagasa, Echelahibi mi Chutzaret, it's close to impossible to bring in large animals from Chutzaret. Rashi actually says, um, where was it? Um, they're interesting, he doesn't even say it's as here the Gemara says it's impossible to bring it from Chutzlaretz. I would almost read that based on Rashi as it's, in, in, it's impossible to manage with just bringing it in from Chutzlaretz because Rashi explains why. Because you need large animals for transport and plowing. Oh. So it's not a problem of you can't bring them in. You need a donkey, you can import a donkey, but you're going to need it around to do transport and stuff. So that's it seems interesting. It's not exactly the language of the Gomorrahs on the surface. If you do, granted, you're not allowed to raise, and I kind of have as a farm, um, small animals, you can leave it before the festival or before the wedding for your son. 30 days. As long as you don't leave it 30 days past the last one you bought. So firstly, you don't have to wait right until Erev the wedding to bring in the animals and check them and prepare them for the wedding. Or, you know, wait for Erev, uh, Erev Sukkot to get your, to go shopping, to, to go to Moishis. No, you can bring them in for 30 days before to get them ready. Um, however, you're not allowed to leave them past the 30, the 30 days past when you bought it. The Gemara will explain. The Salka Daitach, Amina Amarev said, Let's say you bought it for the festivals, but it was 15 days before the festival. 
She might say, well, it hasn't been around for 30 days. Don't think that, don't say that you can actually have it for 30 days. Once the regal has passed, you should not keep it around. You might have thought, this is a dispensation. As long as I buy it before the festival, I can keep it for 30 days. So you buy it a week before the festival, you get three more weeks after the festival. You know, something like that. Don't say that. Once the festival's passed, you should not keep them around. The butcher can get animals and shech them, and he can keep them. Rashi explains he's keeping them for the market day when everyone's going to buy the meat. As long as you don't keep them for longer than 30 days. Um, I don't say, well, market day is next week, Tuesday, or market day is on Wednesday, so I've got four days, let me buy it and keep them for 30 days. No, you can keep them up until market day. So that seemed, that's another leniency for a butcher to buy animals and keep them for a bit so that he's ready for market day. Again, you can't expect him to do all the work one day before and have it all also, ready. Uh, like Pesach. So Pesach would be the regular, like we said. Yeah. Are you saying for Corbonos? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Corbonos would be another reason why they would have to keep animals. But they're not necessarily 30 days. They do, would check Corbonos for a few days, remember? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Was it four days? Four days. Is that right? We learned that in this week's parasha. Okay, yeah. So, um, and for the Tomit and all those Corbonos, but again, that that wouldn't necessarily be 30 days. There are those who say, however, then you, granted there's this leniency to keep them, you're not allowed to keep them so I'm keeping these 15 days for the next festival. Um, you're not allowed to let them wander around. You'd have to keep them in a barn. As we'll see almost later, but maybe tied to your bed. So Charlotte, tell me about The next piece is not so clear. I'm going to give a suggested chat, but... Uh, I mean, exactly what it's going on. So, the students ask Rabban Gamil, can we raise small animals? So, he said it's permitted. Didn't we say in a mission very clearly you're not allowed to raise them? Yes. Rebbe should have brought Rabban Gamil's opinion. <coughs> so, this is what they were asking. What's the halacha to leave these animals? Um... So he said to them, it's permitted as long as you don't let them go out and graze, but rather you keep them tied to your bed. So I think the simplest chat is that Rabban Gamli holds that actually you can keep Bahamudaka as long as you don't keep it in the style that you let it roam around and graze, but you keep it as a domesticated animal. Tied to your bed. I don't know if that means locked in your home or locked in your garden, but definitely not wandering around. Um, <coughs> and then on the surface, he'd be arguing with the previous Bryce, who we never saw any leniency to keep a behemoth duck except for a specific occasion. Ramon Gamaliel seems to be saying you can keep it any time as long as it's tied to your bed. It's not going to go wandering around, destroying the fields. Um, there was this pious person who had, he was groaning from the pain in his heart. And he asked the doctors, until he, the shakris, the shakris, unless he suckles um, warm milk, and he had to drink fresh, fresh milk every morning. So he brought this goat and he tied it to his bed and he would drink from its milk from one morning to the next. 
after a few days, his colleagues came to visit him, see how he's doing, because I remember he was very, very sick. So once they saw the goat tied to the bed, what does this armed, there's this gangster in his house, and we're going to go there. I, this goats, uh, goats are also to have around. They're, they're <laughs> not on the thing. They're, it's going to eat other people's fields and stuff. It's a, it's a gangster. We don't want to go into that house. Um, yeah, it doesn't seem they were too surprised to find. There's so much as that it was tied to the bed. More that how could he have an animal that's also to have around? So Yoshua Bodku, they actually sat and investigated his deeds. And the only sin they could find that this chassid transgressed was that he had this goat. And even when he was dying, he said, So I don't, uh, I know by my, uh, regarding myself that there's no sin I have except for this keeping that goat. Because I transgressed my colleague's opinion. So again, I would say on the surface, this shut in this last because again what's the details what's allowed what's not allowed what they're arguing on is that firstly um, the the I, I would go with again the, my suggested shat is that there's a machlok it's Rabbon Ramon Gamil Ramon Gamil says you are allowed to keep an animal tied to your bed whereas the Chachamim says you're never allowed to we would follow the majority opinion of the Chachamim and therefore you're not allowed to keep that goat that he's saying that he's sort of saying that he didn't mind keeping that but the fact that he well, he yeah. felt it was a sin. I don't he know if he regretted it or not. Because he regretted yeah. it because he regretted the ruling of his colleague. Well, not, no, not that he transgressed, not that he regretted their ruling. That was their opinion. He's not going to go against the Chachomim, Chazal. Um, but he, he admitted that it was a sin. Yeah. On the surface, I'm assuming that it was not a dangerously ill sickness. He was just um, suffered yeah, a lot of pain, maybe even heartburn, so it wasn't... Um, at all dangerous or something because um, otherwise can't you transgress to Surah Drabon and if you're not, we know like on Shabbos you're not allowed to take medicine if you're in a huge amount of pain like you would lie down then you can if you're uh, um, you know Drabon, you're not allowed to ask an Anju to do a Malach on Shabbos but for a sick person yeah. you can ask an Anju to do so that's the one possibly the other interesting question that just this touches on I'm not going to go into now but important to be aware are you allowed to save your life through someone else's property? That's a big discussion. It's not so straightforward that I'm allowed to just damage someone else's property to save my life. Um, okay, but that's another question. Then I just wanted to go back on um, something I meant to discuss it a little bit earlier, but we said that, um, interesting enough, we said that they made xera against small animals, but they didn't make xera on large animals because you don't make xera unless most of the community is able to handle it. So, um, is that that Chazal were clever and they wouldn't? And they're not going to say, look, you guys aren't a community, you're not allowed to do this, knowing that the people can't handle it. Or is it that it's an invalid type of xera? What are Chazal's powers? Um, to make Xayra. Remember, making Xayra is not so straightforward. First, yeah. who are you to come and add to the Torah? And the Rishonim already debate and discuss what's the nature of Xayra or Takana, where they seem to be transgressing, adding to the Torah. The rabbis aren't allowed to shoot on, in theory, they, on the surface, that should be difficult. Lotos, Baltos, if you're not allowed to add to the Torah. So actually, there are two Tosos. Um, 
one in Avodah and one in Gittin, both imply that you can't, that they do make the Xerah, that, that the, if they did make Xerah, it would stand and they would have to cancel it. So this is just interesting because the, the one in Gittin, um, it says, if it does not yet spread amongst the community, then they can, any Beisdin can cancel it. If it's spread, if it's become accepted amongst the community, then um, then you need a Beisdin that is greater, Rav Minyan or Binyan greater in number, Minyan greater in wisdom and number. Remember that to cancel Xerah, the Beisdin needs to be greater, that's a Beisdin that's spread. A Beisdin that has not, Xerah that has, that's Xerah that has spread, then you need a greater Beisdin to cancel it. Xerah that has not yet spread, become well accepted, you, they, any basin can cancel it, but it seems from that process that you can, can that you, they do still have to cancel it. The Rambam, the, yeah, the Rambam ever says if, if it doesn't spread, it never takes off. So you don't have to cancel it. So maybe that's what Rambam and Tosos are arguing on this point of do we say that they're not allowed to make it? They can't. It's, they don't have the authority to make a that people won't accept. Or do we say that the, that they do have the authority? They sh- they wouldn't, and they sh- maybe they shouldn't, and they wouldn't. But if they did, it would be binding, and you'd still need to cancel it. Okay, obviously there's a lot more to discuss on zeros and stuff. But let's go on. Omri Bishmol, Nibale Baten Sheva Golil Ha'Elion Hoyu Beit Abba Midnema Umidnema Chobo. My father's household, my father's family came from the upper Galil, and then from amongst the Balei Batim. Generally, we would say that means the regular people, but it seems here the Choshu people of the Golden Alien. And why was it destroyed? There were two Avairas they did. They used to graze in the forest and they would judge Mamonos cases by an individual. Remember, if you have a Yochid Mumche, he can judge a monetary case by himself, but it shouldn't be a standard practice. And even though they had forests near their houses, Again, which we know that, that you are allowed to graze your animals in the forest. There was a small field that they used to have to cross through to get to these nearby forests. And it was a, and that was the problem. Um, yeah. Just before we go further, I actually left out another point. On this, they said they investigated that he, and found that he had no, that, that Chosid, he, he, they investigated his life and he had no sin except that he kept a goat, when we know the Chachamim say he shouldn't. So the Rabbi Khanan Basman in Kovet Shurim, um, which one is, let me just check quickly, um, Peites um, says, asks as follows, How can you clarify something like this? So Shema over Maybe his Averas he did in secret. Yeah. Like how can we sit around and discuss, you know, Ruve, the only thing that Ruve does wrong is hey, everything else is perfect. And what maybe he was thinking something in his heart that was an Avera for him. But Shem is and He says, Maybe they had Rocha Kodesh. So, so fine, maybe they knew from Rocha Kodesh that was the only Avera he had. Interesting, then I wouldn't have used the word Bodku, they investigated. Mm. Um, that's why I was actually thinking maybe Bodku, and maybe this will tie in a little bit to the next point. They were like discussing with him, like, you know, what you get up to, what's your lifestyle, 
what do you think it could be? But why is this? But again, then the question is, why were they in checking out what it had, what a virus it has? None of their business. What difference does it make? Discussing what such and such is a virus. And the Epsom issue. The Epsom because maybe someone visiting the sick has to. Um, inspire him to do, do tshuva. That's what their motivation was. Therefore, they want to do see, and if he has any affairs, they will um, remind him that he needs to do tshuva for it. Okay, um, very interesting. So, how do they know that he had, how, how could they tell whether he had any affairs or not? And why were they doing it anyway? Two things addressed by Rabbi Khan and Basim. I thought it was just interesting. I mean, it's a very obvious question, but it's an interesting one. Um, okay, so back to where we're. If you have a shepherd who wants to do tshuva, he has a flock of sheep and goats, and now he wants to do tshuva, you don't make him sell it all immediately. You let him sell it slowly, slowly. Because you want to make it easier for him to do tshuva. You have to sell it. I guess, well, firstly, if he's selling it all at once, he's going to probably get a bad deal if he has to sell it all immediately. And secondly, he's got to like phase into another business or something. So we don't insist he sells it immediately. We give him time to sell it. Similarly, a convert who receives uh, dogs or pigs in a Yerusha, again, something that a Jew, that he wouldn't be have, have been allowed to raise. We don't insist he sells it immediately. We allow him to sell it slowly, slowly. In interest enough, the whole reason that a Ger inherits his parents, remember when they're not really related, is because we don't want him to say, well, oh, I can't inherit, I'm going to go back to being an on you. Oh. So that would tie, and again, you give him, you may, you, obviously he should sell it, he should keep the Xera, but we don't insist he does it all immediately. Somebody, someone who takes a netter to marry a woman, or to, to, to buy a house, in er- to buy a house or marry a woman in Eretz Yisrael, we don't insist that the first woman and the first house he chances upon in Eretz Yisrael that that's who, we allow him to find someone appropriate for him. There was a similar case where a woman whose son was harassing her. I don't know why he was giving her a hard time. Maybe just he needed a father figure in the home, or maybe it was like, Mom, why don't you remarry? Or because he was concerned for her, but he was grilling his mom. So the cops of Anishma, so she took a shuwa, so any man who proposes to me, I'm not going to turn him away. I'll marry the first guy who comes. So certain men who just weren't appropriate tried to marry her. So the matter came before the Chachomim. She's like, I don't want to marry this guy. He's yeah. like, I know I say I'll marry the first person who thinks, but I don't, he's like, just not a good hope. So yeah, she clearly had in mind for the one who's appropriate. So so too someone who takes a netter that I will... Um, Marry, I'll buy the, a house, I'll marry a woman in Eretz We don't insist he does it to the first woman on property. Finds you, let him find the right one for him. Um, interesting, this touches on is it any neder that we would say such a thing, or is it specifically because it's a mitzvah? Because once it's a mitzvah, there's more of a problem of delaying fulfilling the neder. So, someone is saying, I mean, all this case, buying a house and marrying are all mitzvahs, so that's where you would have to fulfill the neder. Okay, you have to make sure to fulfill the netter, but obviously, again, he means what's appropriate. 
Just as you're not allowed to raise small um, animals, you're also not allowed to raise small chayos. What are small chayos? So it actually says, for example, deer or fox. You're allowed to um, raise these other hunting dogs or miniature dogs, or cats, the cupids, the kufin, monkeys, the chuldos, and bush weasels because they clean the house. They eat rodents and insects and stuff, so they keep your house clean. So these you're allowed to keep around. It seems that these clubbing you would also have to say um, they're not scary ones. Yeah. Or they don't cause damage. I mean, interesting, in the Mishnah, Rashi said the problem was that they damage people, they, they bite. And they scare pregnant women. Yeah, he says he's clavim kufriim. Says katana v'nanasim hayim. They're very small dogs, so that's why they're not a problem. They're large hunting dogs, but they don't cause damage. Maybe they were well trained or something. I'm not sure. But interesting, the two shatim. Small dogs, I can understand. I mean, although they can bark like crazy, they not they're not going to cause someone to be afraid. It says my chuldus anoim. What are these chuldus anoim? So Amar Abihuda shratza charza. These digging, creeping creatures, like they shrots, they look like shrots in that dig. The ikat Amri charza the kitina shakir v'raya beina vardani. They are the charza charza, but they got very short legs and they. Uh, Eat amongst these bushes, amongst bushes. Oh my, shrotsim! Why are they called shrotsim? They're not one of the shrotsim. So the mitatai shaka because their legs are very short, so it kind of looks like they have no legs. Shrotsim are those sort of animals that look like they just move along the ground, you know, snakes, moths, rodents, you know, those sort of things. So this one looks a little bit like that. We made ourselves in Eretz in Babel, like Eretz Yisrael, regarding Bahamadaka. In our settlements in Babel, we said we're not having, we're not allowing um, small animals. Come back to that point. It says, Oh, what about yours? Okay. Yeah, so before we get there, um, Rashi says, it's in, um, Rashi, where's the Rashi? It says, Shemiyom Golos Yechonyo, Rabu Shom Talmidim. From the days of the exile of Yechonyo, many, many Talmidim dwelt there. They had a very permanent uh, settlement. The, the settlement of Babel, um, the areas where the Jews lived, were permanent Jewish settlements. And therefore, again, the concern is if you have these young animals, they're going to go around eating. Now, this bothered me because didn't we say there's a problem? The problem is Yishuv Eretz Yisrael. So it seems it's more than Yishuv Eretz Yisrael. It's also, if they most likely Jewish fields that we also worried about, and we don't want them to ruin Jewish fields. There's also a Gemara that says you've got to feed your animals before you eat. Yeah. So, so if you don't know that animals, how can you feed them first? No, well, you allowed large animals and you allowed in certain scenarios. I don't think I that's... Think specifically uh, pets and dogs. Things specifically dogs. I don't know. I think that's just what you're translating because that's the animals that we have. Yeah. Um, no, I don't think it's... Yeah, there's some of lunch and he said, can you please feed the fish before we eat? Mm-hmm. The person expects that the fish I eat once a week. <laughs> yeah. So that's... Uh, but, you know, yeah, I think that's an irrelevant point to this yeah. discussion. Uh, my question, <coughs> yeah, is what <coughs> Rashi on the Mishnah said has to do with Yishuv Eretz Yisrael. Yeah. There's no such thing as Yishuv Babel, even if it's 
Glen Hazel, where every it's all Jewish property. Yeah. Um, okay, but I mean something to to reconcile between those two Rashi's. Um, so what are you doing with the So don't come Says my wife looks after it. Says well, then Choyba should bury your children. And as long as Rav Adabarava was alive, Rav Huna never ever had children from Choyba. Now, Tosas Azuna, they say, well, that's a bit hectic. You're gonna, you're, you hear your friend has a small goat, and granted he's not supposed to have it because they made themselves in Babel like Eretz Israel, you're going to say your wife should bury all your children. So Tosas one who suggests, um, it says, Perush Rach Betmiah. Says, what are you? Says, what you? Like he was bewildered. Are you letting your children die because your wife's so busy watching these pets? She's spending too much time on her pets and not enough time on your children. They're going to get, uh, they're going to die. As, and so, so that was his point. His point wasn't to challenge him. It was like, whoa, if she's spending all her time watching the pets, what are you going to, what about your poor children? So that's what he says. And that's like the phrase we use often. It's like a mistaken decree that leaves the king. It takes effect. So that's all very good with our Gomorrah. We can say he meant it as a... Not as a statement. Oh, you deserve it. Your wife buries the children. That what, when she, how is she raising your children? Yeah. But he says it doesn't work because we have basically the same phrase... In, uh, in Nazir, it discusses um, her, his wife used to shave the children's payers. So, and he said basically the same thing. Very can't say she's not looking after them. And all the children died there. The children, yeah. So, uh, so that's, that Gomorrah is not going to fit with this explanation. And you're also going to have to look, well, there are two Gomorrahs with two things. That Ramad of Arab says, oh, that's why your children... Are you not going to have? Oh, I'm surprised your children have died, or you're not going to have children, etc. Okay, Ikad Omri, they're those that say Omer of Huna, or Sinai Spain, Bavavel, Kerichrela, Hemadaka, Miki Aserav, Lebavel. From when Rav came to Babel, that's when we took on this position that Babel is like Eretz Israel and you can't have small animals. Okay, Rav Ushmul, now we're going on to discuss just the point that we said you can't have a cat, or can you have a cat? Rav Ushmul, Ravasi, Klebe Shavua, Haben, Vomilo. Rab Shmuel and Rabbi Yassi, the three sages, went to a Shavua Haben. Some say Rashi says that's a bris miller because it's after the week, after the child's been alive for a week. Shavua Haben. And some say it was a Yeshua Haben, which Rashi says was Pidyon Haben. And Tosfos say, no, it was the special Su'uda that they used to have for when they'd have a firstborn son. Um, not a firstborn son, when they would have a son, that's Bijan Aben, um, when they would have a son, and because it's Noish Venim like saved and escaped its mother. It's almost a mule. And the Trumas Hadesh, and this is, there are more brings that from the Trumas Hadesh, and this is a Shalom Zachor. This oh. is the source for it. Well, one of the, this would be in the Gemara where we see an allusion to a Shalom Zachor. It's specifically so done on the Shabbos. No, that's a Pijan Aben. I mean, a Pijan Aben. Yeah, but that wouldn't be a problem. Tosos' issue is why would a pigeon have been, what's a pigeon got to do with anything to do with uh, salvation? Because that's the name of this Yeshua have been. Now, what's the reason for a pigeon, uh, uh, for a Yeshua have been? If you learn, 
Or you learn like Tosus that it is uh, or the Truma Sandation that it's a Shalom Zachar. So there are various reasons given. One is you want to provide comfort for the son. He lost all his Torah learning, so you have a special extra meal on Shabbos Friday night to uh, console him for suffering that loss. Another one is that there's a midrash. I think the Taz brings a midrash that Hashem, when a king comes to town, he always says, "You can't see me first. You have to go through my governor, greet my governors, or greet my high officials, and then you can come and meet me." So, so to Hashem says, "Oh, you, this child's coming." almost for his bris miller, he's coming as a sacrifice before Hashem, or maybe it's the father's sacrifice to Hashem, I'm not sure, and then uh, he has to go through Hashem's governor Shabbos. So that's the, and that's the celebration there. Okay, interesting discussion, what is a Fijan Abed and what's its place and role? Rav la'ayel kaimei de Shmuel, u'shmuel la'ayel kaimei de Ravasi, and Ravasi la'ayel kaimei de Rav. We had a problem here. Shmuel wouldn't walk in before... Rav wouldn't walk in before Shmuel. Shmuel wouldn't walk in before Ravasi, because Ravasi was a greater Talmud scholar. And Ravasi wouldn't walk in before Rav, because Rav was his Rebbe. Rav, we saw, wouldn't... Rav cursed Shmuel. And to like make up for it, he wouldn't ever walk before Shmuel, even though he was the greatest scholar. Ravasi was the Talmud of Rav, so he's never going to walk through the doorway before Rav. And Shmuel's not going to walk through the doorway before Ravasi because Ravasi is a greater Tamil Chacham than him. So Omri, my Nitzach, so who should wait for the other to go first? So Nitzach, Shmuel, Benaisi, Ravasi, maybe Shmuel should, wait, Shmuel should wait and Rav, Ravasi should go in first. The Nitzach, Rav, or Ravasi, why wouldn't Rav or Ravasi wait? So Rav, Nilsa, Ba'amu, Huda, Avilayla, Shmuel, remember Mishum, Ha'hu, Maise, Deltaye, Adabra, Ravoleo. Um, because of that incident, Rav would never walk before Shmuel, because, walk in before Shmuel because of that incident that happened where he cursed Rav, so he gave, um, so he gave him honor. I forgot what was that um, Milsa. Um, what was it? Yeah, okay, I can't remember why. Rav Kershmul, but he wouldn't, because of that, he would show this honor to Shmuel, he wouldn't go first. Um, so that's why Shmuel, the, the normal should have been for Shmuel to wait, Rav to the Rebbe to go in first, and then Ravasi, but Rav would not go before Shmuel, so they were in a bond. In the interim, cat went and bit off the hand of, a ch- of the child, of the baby. Nofak Rav Dorish, so Rav went and he made the drosha, chotul mutar lahargov also lakaimo, you're allowed to kill a cat, you're not allowed to keep a cat, ba'in bomishum gezel, if someone takes a cat, they don't transgress theft, ba'in bomishum ha'ashev aveda lavalim, if you find a cat, you don't have to return it to the owners. I, Rav said, cats you got to get rid of and you don't treat them at all as the owner's property. Once Rav said, you're allowed to kill them. What does he mean, you're not allowed, why does that to then teach you're not allowed to keep it? He says, no, no, you might have thought that you're allowed to kill it. I, there's no issue in killing it. Generally, you're not allowed to just go and kill an animal, but here you are allowed to. So, Kamash Malanet, you're not even allowed to keep it. Oh, you have to kill it. Omri, Kivain to Omart, Ein Bomishum Gezel, Maniu Tu, Ein Bomishum Hoshev Avedele Balim. 
Um, again, they, once they said there's no issue of theft, why would they say there's no responsibility to return it to the owners? Obviously, if you find it, you can keep it. You would even be allowed to jump over his wall and steal it. You're not allowed it, but you wouldn't transgress theft. Says Omar Avinela What about his heart? Oh, you've killed it. Now maybe you have to return the hearts. To the owner, no, you don't. Mercy, Rabbi Shimon ben Elazar, Oymen Gadlin Klavim, Kofrim, Bechatulim, Bekuf, Bechulda, Snoim, Ibnesha, Oysin, and Akras Abais. Didn't we say on the previous Amud we brought a bride of Rabbi Shimon ben Elazar? He says you're allowed to raise these uh, small dogs or hunting dogs, cats, monkeys, Khulda, Snoim, because they clean the house. So we see you're allowed to have cats. Here, this that you allow to is where they black cats, but white cats are vicious and dangerous, and you would not be allowed to have them. So I don't even mean it's literally the color of the cat or the breed of the cat. Oh, but the case with Rav was a black cat, and it bit the child's hand off, and that's why Rav made the whole Xayra. It was a black cat, the child of a white cat. Says, oh, the whole me boy boy later Ravina, the boy Ravina Uchmabahu. But didn't Ravina ask, what's the status of a black cat, the child of a white cat? Is it still forbidden? No, he called me boy later Ravina Uchmabahiurabahuchma. When it's black, the son of a white, the son of a black cat. Ah, it has black cat genealogy, then maybe maybe it's okay if it's mother was a white cat. But the case of Rav was a black cat, the child of a white cat, the child of a white cat. That's definitely awesome. Big discussion here, do we hold this nowadays? Does it apply? How does it apply? And I guess you have to ask the same question with Bahamadakos. There are many people in Israel who raise, not many, but there are farmers who have Bahamadakos in Eretz Israel. Now, on the surface, we could have said, I think Shulchan, if I remember correctly, Shulchan Aruch says, well, most fields in Eretz Israel don't belong to Jews, so it wouldn't apply anymore. But would that still apply nowadays? <laughs> so you're going to have to look for other answers. Okay, but and the, 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 the commentary is all going to when it apply, whether it applies nowadays and when and how it would apply. Pardon? There's lots of ways you can look into it, Jack. You keep the cows fenced, the sheep fenced into that. But again, we said that wasn't necessarily... Valid. <coughs> Especially grow the grass for the sheep. There's lots of. Uh, Again, those. Uh, if you go like Rabban Gamliel, maybe that seemed to be a leniency. Yeah. But it didn't seem to be a leniency yeah. based on the other opinions. Okay, Omar I'm thinking maybe they meant a Persian cat, but I saw a video that Persian cats can be quite vicious. Omar Yachabab. So we're going to have just the Siman Chabad Bachin is just the title of who was. Giving over the following tradition, but Omar Rabbi Achabar Papa, Mishum Rabbi Ababar Papa, Mishum Rabbi Arabar Papa, Omar Rabbi Ababar Papa, Mishum Rabbi Chiabar Papa, Mishum Rabbi Achabar Papa, Omar Rabbi Ababar Papa, Mishum Rabbi Achabar Papa, Mishum Rabbi Chanirabar Papa. So we're not sure exactly who, which of our Papa's sons said it in the name of the other sons, but Masri and Alachichov Beshabbos, you're allowed to blow shofars for the for the scratching on Shabbos, we'll see what that is. But Delis, Haninelis, Lobim, Tiftach, if someone's lost an opportunity, it's not going to turn up again quickly. Someone who writes, if someone buys land in Eretz Israel, you're allowed to write, sign the documents even on Shabbos. So the first point, just on Masriin means blow shofar, generally. Tosa say, I can't mean blow shofar because you're not allowed to blow the shofar on Shabbos. Again, remember in Tanis we learned that they would blow the shofar to daven for calamities and stuff. Um, Tosa say, it must mean saying Aneinu. 
not blowing the shofar. So Yelad is Anayinu when there's these sort of tragedies. Says Maisi by Bishab Peros Manshos of Voice Alatzibur Kegon Chikul Chagav Zvuv Tzira Viyatush Meshleach Machosh Makrovim Loho Yumatrin Elatzoakim. Says, but all these other calamities that would come on the community, this Chikul Chikul is like boils that they would develop. So if there's a plague of, I don't know if it's a plague, a thing of boils spreading through people, you would, um, you, you could do it. Or if they're locusts or flies or you know, hornets or wasps or mosquitoes, snakes and scorpions spreading, they would not um, do masrian, this public crying. El you could cry out in private. But didn't we just say that you can masrian ala b'shabbos make this public davening for salvation. You can say on Nainu on Shabbos when there's chichuch in, in time, it says you're not allowed to do it publicly. It says, Depends on the type of, if, if it's a moist or a dry boil. So it was, there's different types of boils, and depending if it's the one type, then okay, you can only dive in, in private to stop, I guess, because it's not that severe, so you can't be seen crying out to Hashem on Shabbos. But if it's the severe type, then obviously you can publicly call Kradavan to Hashem. When we say that the door that closes won't open, Soon, what are we referring to? Ah, if you lose this, op- if you don't grab the opportunity when you have it, what are you going to do? So, Mazutra Omer Smicha Mazutra. So, you're going to lose out. Mazutra said it's referring to Smicha. Um, ah, if you have the opportunity to get Smicha from your Rebbe, remember this is the Smicha that was handed down, take it, otherwise you're going to lose out. Shmuel lost out because he, the, the opportune moment to get it from Rebbe passed. There's another case that people lost out. It's one of those. Yes, opportunities for a promotion, opportunities to uh, for a new career, something like that. If you don't take it, then it doesn't come around very quickly. Mazutra Ravashi If people is if someone's treated badly, it's not going to switch that he's going to be treated well, and this can refer um, to not getting the position a person wants. So not necessarily like smicha, but He's saying any position, any promotion that you try to get, if you don't get it when the opportunity arises, it's going to be very, very hard to get it. Rav Achimidifti says you would never get that opportunity. It's not the general rule. It's not that if, if the opportunity doesn't come, it might be very hard to get it, but it can come again. Rav Achimidifti was just from personal experience speaking. So it was what? Anecdotal evidence, not uh, hardcore evidence. Because what happened is he was going to be appointed the Rosh Shiva, and then, let me just see if it says who, I don't remember the name of the... Yeah, he was going to be pointed as Rosh Hashiva, and then I don't remember who came, and they were so impressed with the new guy, they appointed him as Rosh Hashiva. Isn't that a 17-year-old? No, that's a different thing. Yeah. And I'm not sure who, uh, I don't remember the name, we can check it up, it's the Gomorian uh, Basra Tafshut base, but once he, he never ever got to be reappointed as the Rosh Hashiva. Just looking up his mind for Shema. It's around 8.30. But, um, Let's just do one more point. 
yeah, so if you so you've got to take the opportunity. If someone buys a house in Eretz Yisrael, you're allowed to write to sign the document. You're on Shabbos for Shabbos. How about that? What you can transgress one of the thirty-nine melachas for to buy land in Eretz Yisrael? He says no. He's saying, no, you can ask a non-Jew to do it. So to, just as Robert gave a leniency over there to ask a non-Jew, you can ask a non-Jew here. Even though Amir al-Nakhri is a shvus, and you're not allowed to do shvusim, those are the things that are rabbinically forbidden on Shabbos, but because of Yishuv Eretz Yisrael, lo gozru barabon, and Rabbonin didn't make the decree. Amri Shmuelach, many Amri Biyanis, and I look at the Irba Eretz Yisrael, koyk dem also likach lo derech me'aver ruchos mishum Yishuv Eretz Yisrael. Similarly, if someone would buy a city in Eretz Yisrael, a village, that forced him to prepare roads on all four directions to pro- promote Yishuv Eretz Yisrael. Um, so very interesting. So, so now you have to just ask: Is it specifically the mitzvah of Yishuv Eretz Yisrael that? You can ask a Naji to do Isodor or is it any mitzvah, someone to extend it to Mila? This is the Tosos, as you can see, discusses it at length. That um, it seems you're allowed to ask a Naji to do Isodor for Yishuv Eretz Israel and someone to extend it to Mila. What about other mitzvahs? Okay, something to the, the Shulchan Aruch goes into it, obviously all the commentaries, but how far do we take this as a precedent? Is it unique to the significant mitzvah of Yeshua Eretz Yisrael, or would it be any mitzvah? One interesting thing that Maharaj Chayos asks here, why, um, says, what's the connection between these three teachings that they taught together? You can daven for, if this plague of boils is spreading, you can daven on Shabbos. You can, if someone loses, if someone doesn't take the opportunity, they're going to lose out. And you, if you have the opportunity to buy Eretz land in Eretz Israel, you're allowed to ask a non-Jew to sign this deal of sale, even though it's issue, you're asking a non-Jew to do a issue or Isa, which is generally forbidden. Here it's allowed. What's the connection between all three of them? So the Maratz Chayos says, basically the connection, the binding fact is the middle one. If you don't take the opportunity, it's much difficult, like, much more difficult later. You know, you don't daven now when it's starting, much more hard to reverse it. You don't you have an opportunity for a promotion to get smitha, to take on a new position. You don't jump and take it then and there. You, it's going to be very difficult to take it later. Um, and you should very tell, you don't sign this document now. You know, the, the person, you, the ones you buying it from might change their mind by Motzei Shabbos and you're going to have lost out on that and it's very hard to get back to it. That's the, that's the gist of his answer. I'm just going a bit more. I think we'll leave it there for today. Have a very good week.